Hey friends, it's season five of the official Do Good Better podcast, and every Thursday we'll be releasing a pair of interviews with some amazing nonprofits talking about their awesome impact in the communities they are in. We'll talk about some challenges they've faced and chat about their best tips and tricks that might just help your organization do good better. Hey, enjoy these mini episodes of inspiration that make a major difference in the lives of those served by these incredible nonprofits. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, a, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word Do Good Better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So... Contact Brady Marts to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. But sometimes, actually, probably most of the time, the ones who are actually working at the small and medium-sized nonprofits to help you do good better are the ones we want to talk about. And that's who I have on today. Jill Halverson, she's the executive director of the Great North Pole. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you. I feel like this is some sort of baptism. I feel like it is too. I, I have gotten, I'm caffeinated enough that I'm using my arms way too much. And if you don't believe me, go check on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, you're probably finding this show somewhere in the Great North Pole. I want to learn more about that. But you don't know who they are. You don't know what they do. So Jill, please, for the listening audience, give us a 5,000 foot view on who you are, what you do, and why we're talking today. We are the Great North Pole, and we are in our fifth year maybe sixth year that we have that whole year of, do we know if we count it or not? So, you know, it's kind of a, put this asterisk behind, you know, who the highest batting average was with or without steroids, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and we are serving Cass and Clay County. We're trying to grow our base, but our main purpose is to help those in need. And we focus on those in need during Christmas. We feel like that is a time when People have more financial problems and stresses and worries, and we want to take that away from the parents as much as we can so they can experience the joy of Christmas, time with their family, give their kids something a little to um, make their spirits bright. But we don't do that by giving gifts, which is kind of a misnomer with our name being the Great North Pole. We give essential goods. So we are handing out things from shampoo and razors to toilet bowl cleaner to bath towels, um, two weeks worth of food from the food pantry. We are giving the things that all of us just take for granted that we have in our bathroom 
closet or any storage room in our house um, and taking that stress away from the parent, hoping that they can spend more time with their kids, maybe purchase something on their own for the kids, just relieving a little stress by giving them things that we all take for granted. Huge part of that um, is also our winter wear. So this winter being really one of the worst I remember since the 1997 flood time, you know, over hundred inches of snow, um, quality winter coats, hats, mittens, gloves. We just feel that is something that no child should be without in this area that we live in. And that's where we really started out as our, our pyramid. And then it just grew from there from, like I said, toothbrushes to deodorant. You know, one of the interesting things about uh, the coats this year, too, is the supply chain issues have really limited the amount of things that you can get anywhere, even if you're going to pay for the most expensive ones, let alone the most inexpensive ones. And so how invaluable has it been or how grateful have you been uh, to receive donations of this sort of critical outerwear in a place uh, which, by the way, today is colder than the actual North Pole? Yes, it is. I actually have that as one of my favorites to look at every once in a while because I yep. think it's kind of fun. You know? It's not <laughs> but, um, fun at all to look at. No, but again, we, it, it, but it emphasizes the point about what amazing work you do because of this basic needs outerwear for the winter is so necessary uh, here in this area. We actually for so we hand out everything that we um, give out to these families in need the first week in December. It's always the first full week of December but we purchased the coats, the, all the winter wear for this next December, literally two days after the event this year, because we were in such a worry that what if they don't get here? We had some that was on the nip and tuck um, even this year to get there. So they have already been ordered um, and are being processed right now because that continues to be a fear that, you know, those things might not be fixed by next year. When so you are grateful. Yeah. When you um, touch so many families in such a positive way, there's probably an unlimited supply of great stories that even in the most frustrating nonprofit fundraising times, you can look at and remind yourself, oh, this is why we do what we do. Can you regale us with one that, uh, that you have in the back of your brain that you're like, hey, whenever there's a dire time in my professional career, I remember this and I trudge forward. I think the biggest aha moment um, for me was it's probably in mid-November when we were getting gathering the families. We get the names of our families through schools and school counselors. So we know that these are, you know, truly people that are in need because these counselors work with them every day. And I had one of the counselors come and she said, hey, Jill, how are we going to handle the homeless kids? And I honestly went silent, which is really hard for me. <laughs> That's not me. And I did go, I asked, what do you mean the homeless kids? Like it hadn't even dawned on me. We talk about homelessness here in our community all the time, but I always just think it's, you know, that single man downtown. I never think about that there's a family involved, that there's a wife or mother and kids. And I'm like, and then it clicked. I'm like, but they're going to school. So like, how are you homeless and going to school? How are you? I mean, it just, that was one of the things where I think it really kicked me into gear that will be with me for every fundraising moment I ever have from that point on that we have homeless kids. I'm, I was always just picturing, you know, these people are, are, a lot of our families are living in an apartment and I'm just saying I have 200 bath towels that I don't use because they're the wrong color um, and giving them a new bath towel, not thinking that they don't 
have a closet. Um, so that was my aha moment where everything really kicked in. And I thought, okay, this is where I need to be. This is where I can help. And let's make a change. How can we change this? It's amazing that even when you work in the nonprofit world and you know basic needs and you know, you know, numbers within homeless shelters and mm-hmm. uh, and community members, it's the homeless kids that has always a kick in the stomach exponentially more than everything else. And I think that's the challenge is trying to reach as many people as you can possibly uh, do. And I and again, I know that the pandemic was a challenge for you. Is there something that that uh, outside of the pandemic, that was a challenge to you and the Great North Pole that you overcame. And how did you do that? I think one of the biggest things is I am the first employee that they've ever had at the Great North Pole. So before it was 100% um, volunteer. So they had gotten to the point where they realized, they being the board, that they it was growing, um, the need was there, and this could be, this needed to be a full-time operation that it's not just, oh, at Christmas, we are going to do this. And then September, we're going to gain money, earn money or raise money for people. And I think the hardest part for me was tapping into that. So on one hand, there really wasn't a guidebook or a policy manual or a calendar. You're like, this is how it all is. Cause it was in the minds of all these great individuals that had put it together, but also then who are you? So Hi, I'm Jill. I'm with the Great North Pole. And they'll be like, well, where's Nick? I'm like, Nick's still here. So I'm trying to take over. So I think the hardest part for me was, one, a lot of people don't know who the Great North Pole was. That was my first right off the bat when I even got called, you know, to interview. I was like, what's the Great North Pole? And I'm Googling it. So even before I got the job, I was like, okay, mission one, what is the Great North Pole? And I need to get the word out. I want to be as common as a name as when you think of United Way, you think of filling backpacks. So that was my personal goal that everybody knows what the Great North Pole is. And then on the flip side, when I was lucky enough to get this role, that who are you? And there was that hesitation. Well, what happened to Nick? Well, I usually work with Nick. I really, you know, like, so gaining that trust um, that I'm here and Nick is still here when we're all still working together and the board is the same. So I think just getting over that was just more of the being out there, being with them. So if we had a volunteer event, if we had a fundraising event, just having my face there and having Nick make those introductions. And so that was um, harder for me because I'm in my past roles. It's all been like, hey, it's Jill. And everyone's like, oh, everybody knows Jill. But no one knew who Jill Halverson was of the Great North Pole. So that was a challenge going from someone who now wanted to be out there to make the connections um, to being, where are you again? So I don't think that would have been, that would have been the same whether pandemic or not. It was just, who are you and what are you doing and why are you doing it? Nothing solves the question of, uh, how you get noticed and and what to do than doing it. And right. that's, uh, yeah. that's, that's part of the, the whole bit. Welcome to the nonprofit mm-hmm. club, by the way, that's yeah. a, a really good introduction <laughs> to it. And speaking of which, you know, as a relatively new leader within the nonprofit community too, you've probably picked up a couple of tips or tricks along the way. And if somebody's listening to an organization and or this podcast, they're a leader of an organization or they're relatively new and they're looking for a little bit of inspiration. What have you learned that you could pass on to somebody who's looking for a little bit of like, how in the heck am I going to do this? What thing can you pass on tip trick wise that you've learned about fundraising in the nonprofit world? My number one thing is connections, which I didn't think that I really had that many connections in the nonprofit world, but 
um, it's everything, you know, it was having coffee with you on the first day. It was calling the great North or great plains food bank. It was calling in the Ronald McDonald house. It was calling people where I knew I had a connection of some sort, whether small or really big and coffees and lunches and pick your brain. And it's so amazing. One of the things I recently learned, like our nonprofits have grown tremendously. Like there's a hundred new ones in Cass County alone in the last two years. Holy cow. <laughs> like that's, that's a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then finding, and all of them are good causes. Like all of them are great causes, whether you're the food bank or the homeless shelter or the Ronald McDonald house. And I kept on thinking to myself, oh my gosh, there's so many great causes. Like how do people decide? And it was um, Jill McDonald from the great, or from the Ronald McDonald house. She's like, Jill, there's enough for everybody. And that really kind of hit me and to find the right passions and the right people. And that led to, they were also willing to help. Like um, I came from the hotel world where, yeah, we all know each other and we're, but we're always fighting for the same piece of business. And so we're friendly but we don't share a lot. And I have found that completely opposite in the nonprofit. They're like, here's this form. Here's this contact. Here's a database you need to use. Here's a checklist you need to use that everybody is so, I mean, obviously we have great big hearts to do what we do. And it really shows when it came to helping each other. I honestly could not, I chuckled because I just counted, like I've been here officially nine months now, which means I could have had a baby by now. And I kind of feel like I have, I feel like I've went through the labor. I went through all of the pains and cramps ahead of it. And um, that was something that really has struck me. And there hasn't been one person who has been, doesn't return a phone call or doesn't reply to my email or, and if they say, you know what, I'm really not the best person at that. You should call so-and-so at Bonanzaville. She's actually way better at that than I am. So they're not even brushing you off, like "Mm, too bad, figure it out yourself. They're giving me something who they feel is even, you know, better in that, whatever it is I'm searching for that day. So finding the people, finding the network is my number one tip. And I'm sure no matter what city you live in, what part of the country you live in, it's got to be the same. Cause I feel like at the core, all of us are built the same and we just want to help. And it is the abundance mindset that you're describing that is key into figuring out that you can actually get into the door and make those connections. If you don't think you can, you're going to sit behind your desk and you're going to hope that somebody finds you. It's not going to be the case. Knowing Mm -hmm. that there is enough for everybody, know that there is a, a ton of money to be passed around. You just need to tell your story to as many people as possible, and they're going to help you if you ask which is a great tip, Jill. I appreciate you. And I also appreciate you being on the official Do Good Better podcast. But first, before we go, I want to make sure that people are super interested in helping you. So how on earth do they get a hold of you? How do they give you a boatload of cash? How do they volunteer? How do they give? How do we find you? We'll take cash in any way, shape, or form. I might even take a Bitcoin, even though I still don't even understand the Bitcoins. <laughs> but it's pretty simple. Everything, as we all know, is .org, but thegreatnorthpole.org. And it is... Um, director at the Great North Pole. That is the easiest way. And if you go in there uh, or email, I will absolutely respond. I've also found that finding volunteers has really brilliantly um, satisfying and a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. That has been the volunteer, finding those volunteers, making them passionate and them spreading the word has also been a huge part of what I feel is my successes so far. So other than finding other nonprofits to help you out, I'd say finding volunteers to help you spread the word is my second biggest tip because they are 
unbelievably amazing. And I feel bad that I didn't volunteer more in my past life. Now that I've really gotten into nonprofit, like it's easy and it makes you feel so good inside every time you do something, even for an hour. So that would be my other tip, but yeah, director at the great North pole is where you can find me. And I'm happy to help in any way, shape or form. And like Nick or Nick, as Patrick said, it is colder here than the North pole today. So if you want to send me, you know, $50, I can get a coat, hat, mittens, gloves into a child, to a child in need today. <laughs> Very true. Uh, click cool. on the show notes below when you're done listening to this. Go click on them. Go check them out. Go volunteer. Go donate. Joe, pleasure you having on the show. Thanks so much for what you do. It's absolutely necessary. And especially how cold has been recently, especially for this freaking winter. It's really wonderful to know that you uh, both not exi- not only exist as an organization, but exist as a human because you're awesome. And I've always Thank appreciated you. you and your candor and uh, what you do. Hey, thanks very much for being a guest on the official Do Good Better podcast. Stay warm. Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you go to dogooduniversity.com, that's dogooduniversity.com, and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer. And I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.